The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts. Radio. News. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. There are lots to talk about this morning in politics, starting in Michigan, where voters took to the polls yesterday and brought the nation closer to a 2024 rematch between President Biden and former President Donald Trump. But the Democratic primary may have been trying to send the president a message in his victory. With 98 percent of votes counted, President Biden won with 81.1 percent, while 13.3 percent voted uncommitted. A campaign called Listen to Michigan had urged Democrats to cast a protest vote and hope to gather 10,000 votes. More than 100,000 answered the call. Dearborn resident Lexi Zaydan was one of them. As you see a number of individuals getting behind a protest vote through our power to vote um, to be able to tell President Biden that we are uncommitted to him and his administration as they continue to aid and abet in the ongoing genocide in Gaza. Dearborn voter Lexi Zaydan there. And as for the Republican primary, former President Trump defeated Nikki Haley there by a vote of 68.2 percent to Haley's 26 and a half percent. Well, Nathan, back in Washington, there are new signs of optimism that Congress can avoid a partial government shutdown at the end of the week. Here's what House Speaker Mike Johnson had to say after meeting with President Biden and other leaders at the White House. We're very optimistic. I I hope that the other leaders came out here and told you the same. We believe that we can get to agreement on these issues and prevent a government shutdown. But Speaker Mike Johnson and other leaders are still far apart on approving billions of dollars for Ukraine and Israel, as well as the U.S.-Mexico border. Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren says this standoff does not make sense. This is the craziest kind of negotiation you would ever see. And that is that, as far as I can tell, everybody wants to deal, keep the government open. We've all agreed on what the numbers are. It's a budget deal, right? And everyone's agreed on it. And the Republicans in the House are just saying no. Senator Elizabeth Warren appeared on Bloomberg's Balance of Power with Joe Matthew and Kaylee Lines. Catch more of that conversation on the Balance of Power podcast. Turning to Wall Street, Karen, the biggest name in banking, sounds like he's warming to red state Texas over the Big Apple. More from Bloomberg's John Tucker. And Jamie Dimon praising the lack of an income tax in Texas and its light regulatory touch. After touring a worker training facility in Houston, the CEO of New York-based J.P. Morgan Chase also criticized some New York elected officials as being anti-business. He said they were the reason Amazon chose not to build a second headquarters here, for instance. Well, J.P. Morgan's workforce in Texas has now surpassed 30,000 in recent years, while New York's total has slipped to less than 29,000. More companies think Texas is the place to be. In recent years, Tesla and Charles Schwab have moved their headquarters to Texas from California, while Caterpillar relocated from Illinois. John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right, John, thanks. Well, having $5 million does not crack the top 1% in the U.S. anymore, and Bloomberg's Ed Baxter explains. It's a moving target, upward. It now takes $5.8 million to join the magic circle of rich. 
How fast is it moving? Well, it's almost 15% more than 12 months ago. This according to research from Knight Frank. Monaco retains the top spot of the highest threshold worldwide at 12.8 million. Luxembourg and Switzerland, well, one needs more than 8 million to make the cut. The findings underscore how rebounding markets in the U.S. and other Western nations are widening the gap between rich and poor countries. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Okay, Ed, thanks. In company news, Apple is canceling its decade-long effort to build an electric car. The multi-billion dollar project began in 2014. It would have vaulted Apple into a whole new industry. Bloomberg's uh, Mark Gurman broke the story. This is a bombshell development. This is a very rare retreat for Apple. This is a project that they've invested over $10 billion in. They've worked on it for over 10 years. It's had many fits and starts. It's had many directional changes. Bloomberg's Mark Gurman reports uh, many of the 2,000 employees were currently working on the electric car project are going to be shifted to Apple's artificial intelligence division. Meanwhile, Nathan Apple is also making news on the legal front. Company representatives met last week with the Justice Department. And we get more with Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. We're told it was the final bid to persuade the DOJ not to file an antitrust lawsuit. Enforcers allege Apple has imposed limitations on its iPhones and iPads to impede rivals from effectively competing. And the App Store has come under heavy criticism from both app developers and lawmakers. Earlier this month, California AG Rob Bonta said the state was in touch with the DOJ about the potential case and could join on an eventual complaint. We are told the suit is expected in the coming weeks, likely by the end of March. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Radio. Uh, Doug, Apple's not the only company in the Justice Department's crosshairs. Bloomberg News has learned the DOJ's initiated an antitrust investigation into United Health Group. Sources say the probe emerged out of concerns about United Health's acquisitions of health care providers and data companies. The company and DOJ both declined to comment. Well, checking some stocks on the move this morning, Nathan, shares of Beyond Meat surging 55%. The alternative protein maker reported fourth quarter sales that surpassed expectations. The company says it'll take a number of actions to find a pathway to profitability, including reducing operating expenses, adjusting prices, and releasing a new, healthier Beyond Burger. And Karen, shares of eBay are up more than 3% in early trading. The company posted a strong holiday quarter. We get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The company also added $2 billion to an existing stock buyback program, increasing the total repurchase authorization to $3.4 billion. Once an industry pioneer, the San Jose, California-based company has been losing U.S. market share for years to the likes of Amazon and Walmart. And in an effort to be more nimble, eBay announced last month that it was cutting 1,000 jobs, or about 9% of its full-time workforce. In New York, Charlie Pell at Bloomberg Radio. All right, Charlie, thanks. Well, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg is in Asia making stops from Seoul to Tokyo. The billionaire discussed ways to deepen Meta's strategic alliance on extended reality technology with LG Electronics. Uh, we had a, a good, productive conversation about AI and the future of technology, and I'm really excited for the work that is, uh, is happening here in Japan. Mark Zuckerberg's next stop is India, where he is slated to attend the pre-wedding celebrations of billionaire Mukesh Ambani's youngest son. 
Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Israel and Hamas appear to be inching toward a new deal that would free some of the roughly 130 hostages held in the Gaza Strip in exchange for a weeks-long pause in the war. President Joe Biden says a deal could go into effect as early as Monday. Meanwhile, the U.N. says a quarter of Gaza's population is one step from famine and aid trucks are being looted by hungry people. The U.N. envoy for the observed state of Palestine, Riyad Mansour, accused Israel of using famine as a weapon of war. Israel's use of starvation as a method of warfare has become one of the main tools in its genocidal arsenal against the Palestinian people. This is a fact that cannot be ignored and for which there must be immediate accountability. U.S. Representative Robert Wood also spoke at the U.N. Security Council meeting. It is unconscionable that Hamas fighters continue to embed themselves among civilians and civilian infrastructure, including in hospitals and schools. We caution that a major ground offensive should not proceed in Rafah under the current circumstances. U.S. Representative Wood is also calling for the protection of U.N. and humanitarian workers. President Biden will sign an executive order today designed to prevent foreign entities from accessing troves of Americans' personal data amid worries it could be exploited for commercial and military advantage, particularly by China and Russia. It appears New York Mayor Eric Adams is behind modifying sanctuary city laws. Adams said migrants who commit serious crimes should be deported and the city should be able to communicate with federal ICE agents. However, Adams also supports the city's stance on how it treats migrants. We met with national leaders who came here and walked through what we're doing, and they stated no one is doing what the city of New York is doing. No one. And they said you are treating people with the humanitarian response and dignity that should be duplicated across the entire country. Adams made his comments after 40 migrants were found yesterday sleeping in a queen's basement behind a furniture store. It came after a tip about e-bike batteries and a potential fire hazard. Voters in Bridgeport, Connecticut elected to keep Joe Gannam as mayor. It comes after a judge threw out earlier results because of allegations of absentee ballot by stuffing during a Democratic primary. Ganim defeated his former aide, fellow Democrat John Gomes, 56% to 43%. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. You know, funny you mention Bloomberg News Now, Michael, because, uh, of course, we do bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, but now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it by subscribing to Bloomberg News Now. It gives you the latest headlines at the click of a button so you can be informed on your schedule. Listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app. Listen right on the homepage at Bloomberg.com or find it on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. The Knicks that were on the floor at the Garden, not the lineup they hope to have come playoff time, but for now, the two All-Stars didn't play, nor did the top two centers. Both starting forwards remain injured. 
The depleted Knicks lost to the Pelicans 115-92. They shot just 37%. Since that nine-game winning streak, Knicks are just 3-7. and seven. They host Golden State tomorrow. The Warriors got Chris Paul back from injury. They won in Washington. They've won nine of the last 11. The Celtics have won all of their last nine. 117-99 over Philadelphia, who's struggling without Joel Embiid for the Sixers. 12 losses the last 16 games. Nets got blown out in Orlando. They lost 108-81. to Dallas in Cleveland. The Mavs led by a point. Quite a finish. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! This place is going crazy! TAM the call of Max Struce's game-winning 60-foot shot. Devils in San Jose scored seven unanswered. Four goals in a span of... Four minutes, 16 seconds, the third period. New Jersey won 7-2. Capitals lost in Detroit 8-3. A win for Colorado, and Nathan McKinnon, he's got at least one point in every Avs home game this season. Rangers look to start a new winning streak tonight at the Garden. They face the same Columbus team that beat them Sunday to end the Rangers' club record tying 10-game win streak. Two college basketball games last night were delayed at Indiana. Fire alarms went off. They had to evacuate the arena, and a Texas Tech fans threw bottles onto the court after a hard foul by a Texas player. And then the Cactus League. First time Shohei Otani played for the Dodgers, and sure enough, the $700 million man hit a home run. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. Okay, John, thanks. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get right back now to our top stories this morning. President Biden and former President Trump are inching closer to a 2024 rematch after the Michigan primary. And Congress may be inching closer to avoiding a partial government shutdown following a leaders meeting at the White House. For more on all this, we're joined by Laura Davison, deputy politics editor for Bloomberg News. So it was runaway victories for both uh, Presidents Biden and Trump in Michigan. But there's been a lot of focus, Laura, on this uncommitted vote on the Democratic side, this protest vote seems pretty significant after the results last night. Yeah, about 13 percent of the vote that came in uh, was uncommitted, um, you know, not choosing Joe Biden nor um, any of the alternatives, uh, Dean Phillips or Marianne Williamson on the ballot. Um, so this is a, a warning sign for the Biden campaign. It doesn't, you know, affect the primary. It doesn't affect the delegates. But what it can do is, um, you know, really show Biden where his weaknesses are in a very key swing state going into 2024. This is a state that Biden won in 2020 um, and uh, Trump won in 2016. And so Michigan, as well as sort of Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, um, those states all there in the upper Midwest are are seen as sort of critical to 2024. And having this relatively significant portion of the vote, um, you know, kind of lodge this protest vote against Joe Biden, um, you know, is is a worrying side for his campaign. And the uh, campaign behind this, Listen to Michigan, was focused uh, specifically on President Biden's stand on the war in Gaza. Could that point to a potential vulnerability in a likely rematch with President Trump in November? Yeah, this has been, um, you know, an issue for um, uh, both Arab American voters, of which there's a sizable population in Michigan, as well as a lot of young voters. 
Um, it, you know, it's unclear exactly how big of a deal this will play, um, you know, looking down eight months down the road in November. Um, uh, typically, voters have voted more on domestic issues, things like immigration, the economy, rather than foreign policy. Um, but because of the personal nature of this issue for many Americans, as well as um, just the, the amount of the response and how you know top of mind this has been, um, this could be an issue for, uh, for uh, President Biden in the fall. And as for former President Trump, he did defeat Nikki Haley by more than 40 percentage points, I think. But uh, there's still a fairly significant vote for Nikki Haley. What does that say about his potential uh, in November? Yeah, so um, Haley, you know, only got a little bit over a quarter of the vote in Michigan. Um, that's less well than she has done uh, both in New Hampshire and South Carolina before this. Uh, but as you noted, it's still a significant portion um, of the vote. You know, it's not enough to win. It's not enough. Uh, you know, to to show that she sort of has momentum to beat Trump at this point. But it shows that there's, you know, about one in four Republicans um, are not happy with Trump um, and are, you know, worried about, you know, the variety of risks he brings um, to the ticket, you know, whether those be legal, um, his policies. And, um, you know, this is really, uh, you know, where you saw the Haley vote come in are some of these key areas that, that you know, may decide the 2024 election, places like um, the suburbs, women, um, as well as college-educated voters. In our last minute, Laura, what can we say about the uh, odds of a potential government shutdown at the end of the week following that uh, White House meeting with the uh, congressional leaders yesterday? Those are ticking down slightly. Uh, there was a meeting with the top congressional leaders yesterday at the White House. Um, you know, they don't have a deal yet, um, though there are is talk of some sort of short-term uh, continuing resolution. This would basically kick the can down the road. So instead of having a, a deadline on Friday and next Friday, those deadlines would be moved to next Friday and then later in March. Uh, so we... Uh, you know, while avert a shutdown for right now, that would mean that, you know, we would be on that cliff, uh, you know, just in a couple of days down the road. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.